We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Surprise, everyone! It's a recruiting hour, and I'm not Ryan Roberts. I'm Vince D'Addario. I'm the football analyst here at Irish Breakdown. That's Brian Driscoll. He's the publisher at Irish Breakdown. And yes, don't let your eyes deceive you. It is a recruiting hour, and uh, I'm stepping in to have a little bit of fun since Ryan is on a well-deserved vacation, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to let him enjoy that vacation at least for another few hours. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. But no, I'm going to hang out with Brian today. We're going to talk a, a, an amazing month plus five days of recruiting mm-hmm. for Notre Dame. Absolutely unbelievable. What is it? Nine commitments, <clears throat> Brian, in the last month. It, really plus. less than a month. Right. Because they're. That's true. The first they, one's on they, the ninth or so. Yeah, exactly. Seventh. Yeah. <clears> seventh. I mean, so like they got a commitment on, I think the last commitment of May was, I believe, Jade Lamar. Right. And because he, he was from the, tw- and we're talking 23 and 24 recruiting right last commitment of the month was Jaden Lamar they got him on on May 26 and then the next commitment they went a whole 12 days without getting a commitment those slackers I mean that's just like a day and they got Joe uh Joe Odding commit on June 7th and that just started an avalanche and and we've used that word Sean's used that word and in less than a month they have landed nine commitments And, and the thing is too Sean or Vince it's not just it's like who am I doing a show with today um it's not just it's all good the number it's the quality you know I mean it's like CJ Carr well let's just go through it right so sure. obviously Joe Otting is you know it's not a typical oh gee let's get fired up about that recruitment you know he's a three-star although we really like that kid but then after that's five-star CJ Carr Elijah Page who everybody knows how high we are on him Jack Larson's a top 50 recruit. Cam Williams is a top 200 recruit. Charles Jagasaw is a five-star and on three. Micah Bell, Rico Flores are both uh, four-star kids. Micah Bell's a top 100 kid. And then Christian Grace, a top 100 kid. So June 7th, Joe Odding. June 9th, CJ Carr. June 10th, Elisha Page. Then there's like a two-week lull, right? And they go two weeks. And then all of a sudden, June 24th, Jack Larson. June 29th, Cam Williams. June 30th, Charles Jagasaw. 
July 1st, Micah Bell, July 3rd, Rico Flores, July 4th, Christian Gray. And we expect more. And that's what we'll get into here as we get yes. go through the show. But man, this is a is a great this has been a great run uh that Notre Dame has been on. And and you know, Vince, it's if you look back at it, I mean, just from a pure number standpoint, it's it's already as good, if not better, than anything they've done, just numbers wise. Because remember exactly. June and so as I, I went back and looked and like just stretch of, of commitments and not per class, but I've just looked any class. So, you know, whether they got commitments from three different classes in one month and I just went, went and looked and, and kind of did some numbers and you didn't really start getting early, a lot of early commitments until, you know, as far as like juniors and sophomores. So, I mean, you were getting summer commitments, but they were more for kids in that class. Right. So you like, you go back to Brian Kelly's tenure, uh, June of 2010, four or so june and july combined 2010 was four 2011 was two 2012 was five 2013 it was six and 2014 it was nine and they got seven commitments in june but again the quality is different here's some of the names of those commitments brandon t awesome elijah taylor was kind of highly ranked nick coleman micah do treadway they got justin yoon great kicker and then Josh Adams and, and Sean Crawford were, were really good pickups. So just a little different type of quality this past month. And then it was 8 and 15, 8 and 16, 6 and 17, 8 in 2018, 8 in 2019, 5 in 2020, which obviously we understand that was the COVID year. There was a sure. lot of kids visiting, so that was going to tamp the numbers down. 8 lash and then 9. So they've already tied the number for the most in June and July, but they're not done yet. And and I and I fully anticipate them getting at least a couple, one or two more this month. And the news that we reported on our board today doesn't change that. And people right. ask, like, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to all that actually here at the end. But man, this run they've been on Vince in the last month has been has been outstanding. And it's the thing I like too is it's not just a bunch of Midwestern kids, right? You've got you've got a Midwestern flair. You've got sure. Kansas, you know, see a kid from Michigan. Michigan. You got uh, Cam Williams and Charles Jagasaw from Illinois, but then you got and you we we said Michigan, right? You think Elijah Page from Arizona, Jack Larson from North Carolina, Texas. Micah Bell from Texas, Rico yep. Flores from from California, and then Christian Gray from Missouri. So that's a big that's a big. Like you're you're expanding, so you're getting talent, you're getting numbers, and you're meeting needs. That's the other thing is what yes. they've done this last month is coming into the summer, Vince. One of the big question marks was quarterback. You know, like the, the, yeah, wh- where are we quarterback? Yeah, uh, they at least got one in 2024. Cornerback, look, there's no corners in the class anymore. Where where, where they go with with that? They've now filled their cornerback board, and and so you know you look at it, Vince, and it's. It's uh, it's been big offensive line. You know, the, the, we thought they liked where they were, but you kind of came in the summer only with two. Now they're at five, right? You know, so it's uh, it, it's it's been a lot of fun, and and of course it's been impactful, and that's really the big thing, and it's given them a ton of momentum as they kind of head into the offseason. Because like one thing's well, when other schools start filling up, Notre Dame's going to fall behind. Well, schools have started to fill up. Ohio State's filling up. Texas is filling up. Sure, and Notre Dame still ranks number one. So you know they're they're going to finish with a very highly ranked class. It's just about at this point in time, it's just how high. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian. I heard a stat, I want to say it was today, that from a points basis the 23 class let's say they get just Jaden Greathouse for example it will surpass the point total of any class that Brian Kelly has had since he was at Notre Dame I don't know if it's any class that he's had he's right now he only think I think he only has two classes that were higher okay and I don't think that just one of those guys surpasses that Vince that's a a good question what we were saying yesterday was what it would do is it would surpass the class they had last year Okay. If they just got one player, whether it's, yeah, I mean, and, and really it's, I think it's almost anyone that they get. I think the example right. that we use there's at the high numbers think, on the board. Right. I mean, so mm-hmm. let me just pull up. They got this class calculator real quick. So I think right now of, of the guys we're looking at, I think Ronan Hannafin's probably the lowest ranked at this point in time. So if you look at uh, Notre Dame's, team rankings from last year and we're going off the two, 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 four, seven composite rankings last year. Notre Dame was at 275. Notre Dame is already above where they were last year. So the only other class it would be, would be 2013. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to see where that class was. So they were 284.77. So if they got Ronan Hannafin, it would not bump them ahead. Let me see what would happen if, for example, they got Jaden Greathouse, although Ronan Hannafin should be ranked much of my I completely agree with but that. But that's a different conversation for a different day. So if they got Jaden Greathouse, yes, it would put them over. Yeah. So that's saying yeah. something. I mean the, a 12 year tenure for Brian Kelly and in one year they're gonna do better than every class he's ever had. Yeah. I mean and I'm not that's not a a, a knock that's just a fact. It's, 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 a fact. It's, again, this isn't said to in con- like uh, to take a shot at Brian it's Kelly. For context, exactly it's right. To, it's to speak to how impressive this class is. Because exactly. again, last year's class ranked seventh on the two four seven composite list. Right. This the, and then the two thousand thirteen class ranked third. You know, I mean, so we're we're we're, we're brag- well, Actually, ended up being fifth. It looks like they might have dropped uh, Eddie Vanderdose from that class. It, okay. So I'm looking to see that see if that's actually accurate or not. But remember, he was originally in the class. They were ranked, I right. think, like third, and then they dropped him. So, 
it just gives some context to just how sure. well they're doing. And again, last year's class had 22 players in it. Uh, that 2013 class, which they would surpass if they got Jane Greathouse, had 23 players in it. So it just speaks to the quality that Notre Dame is getting. Exactly. And, and yep. that's that's where we're at. So it's been a, a great month. And again, we expect, like I said, there, I, I expect two I'm pretty confident in Okay, this month. Uh, as far as making a decision this month, there's three that I'm pretty confident in Notre Dame landing. It's just I'm not sure if one of them is actually going to decide and make a com- – well, not decide, but maybe make a public commitment right. this month. He may decide to take his recruitment into the, the fall. So that's kind of where we are. Okay. It's, it's been a um, it's been a fun month. It's been it's a great busy. month, man. It's yes, definitely it kept us busy. Yes, it and, has. you know, every, Vince and I are constantly talking about – you know, wow, we're going to get started on uh, team coverage now. And then it's like, well, no, here's this. No, here's that. Here's this recruiting. Recruiting. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, I want to call up Coach Freeman. Like, hey, can y'all chill out for just a couple weeks? We got some <laughs> team preview stuff we got to get through. You know what I mean? Like, I got a magazine I'm trying to put together. And y'all keep doing all this recruiting stuff. Like, can you chill out a little bit with this? <laughs> um, I don't think that'd be received very well. No, I don't uh, think it would either. Nor would I ever make that call. So, right. Uh, but it's it's been a great month, Vince, and yeah. it's been a busy month. And it's been an exciting month. It's been a fun yeah. month to be a fan, right? I yeah. mean, because normally we're sitting back and we're watching some of those elite guys go to different places, and Notre Dame gets the guys that they went after, but they weren't taking the big swings going after the big dogs, right? That's, that's, that's the point. difference for me, right? Like Quality. You can be happy about what they were getting, you know, but they just weren't in the race for those top guys. Now – when they're getting these guys, it's over Ohio State, it's over in Alabama, it's over in LSU, it's over these elite recruiting schools that Notre Dame is winning for. Now, they're not going to win all of those battles, right? And we'll, we're obviously going to talk about that here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you can't win the battle if you're not in the battle. And it in the past, it felt like they weren't even in the battle. And and, mm-hmm. and people were okay with that. You know what I mean? Well, we have to shop down a different aisle and, and, and all of that excuse making right mm-hmm. well now they're shopping down a different aisle and it's right. fun and it's exciting and when you take those big swings sometimes you connect right and you hit that home run and notre dame's hitting a ton of home runs right now right and i think that's the thing vince mm-hmm. is you know it, it's one thing to get numbers right i think the point you're you're getting to is then it's another thing to to get quality impact numbers at impact positions i mean they, they've always loaded up on linemen and tight ends. And there's a lineman tight end impact in this, right? Of in course. the field to this. There's Elijah Page. There's Joe Odding. There's uh, Charles Jagasaw's offensive lineman. They're, they're, then Jack Larson's a tight end. That's four of the nine or those. But there's a quarterback. There's a couple receivers. There's two big-time cornerbacks and those type of things. And so, to me, it's it's just being able to hit on those positions at, with elite players that aren't necessarily big-time guys. And if you go yeah. back and look over the years – like I went over that 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 nine that they got the seven they got back in June of two thousand uh, June of two thousand and fourteen. Brandon Tiasson was from Indiana. Josh Adamson was from Pennsylvania. Justin Yoon was was from Tennessee. Sean Crawford from Ohio. Elijah Taylor from Ohio. Nick Coleman from Ohio. Ohio. Micah Dutrow is from Illinois. It was strictly Midwestern kids outside right. of the kicker. Right. You know right. what I mean. Who was not, from Tennessee, not, which isn't ex- kickers. No, Justin Yoon was a dude. I mean, I'm, that was I'm a great pickup. It was a huge pickup. I agree. Kickers are a little different animal. And Tennessee's right? not that far away exactly. from the Midwest. Exactly. I'm sorry. We can it's... get to we can get to Nashville, Vince, in like six hours. Exactly. You, you know what I mean? That's, I'm sorry. That's Midwest to me. I, I sure it, it, sure that's tough for sure. me to say South, but right. Fair enough. Right. 
so to me, that's uh that's I mean, this is the that's what makes us different is you're getting impact skill players from California, from Texas, from Missouri, right? Not just a bunch of Illinois fertile kids. recruiting and, grand uh, land yeah. that they haven't gone after a lot right. in the past, and, and right. I shouldn't say in the past, in the recent past, right? Because right. I mean, when Lou Holtz was here, the dogs came out of Texas. You know what I right. mean? Like there was some dudes that came out of Texas. Yeah, like, and the an North example. was always so loaded. Right. Sure. And this is what we talked sure. about in the past. You could get Ricky Waters and Rocket Ismail and Todd Light and Jerome Bettis and, you know, all those great players from the North. But now it's like you've got to travel and it's harder to get those guys. And that's what Notre Dame is filling up on with filling up with right now. Right. And I think that's big time. Right. That's big time. So completely agree. It, it's been yeah. a it's it's it, and it's funny. It's all all people who want to talk about those the ones you miss. Right. Like we don't think Notre Dame is going to get eye. And we're talking about how Notre Dame is going through the, one of the best runs I've ever seen. And all people are talking about in the chat is the guy that they're not going to get. <laughs> you know what I mean? Welcome to being a fan of Notre Dame. Right. Right. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we could be excited about the fact that right now they're they've got the number one ranked class. Nope. It's the one guy they're not going to get. Right. And that's all everybody ever is talking about, which is just hilarious. And I guess that's the nature of it. But <laughs> but the point is, is that, that this is a class right now that that is is a foundation. Now, the question moving forward, Vince, at this point in time is, OK, you've had a great month of June and July. You're sitting here at the number one ranked yes, class. Things absolutely. are looking phenomenal. We think they're going to expand their lead, in my opinion, in the month of July. The question then becomes, what's the finish? Right. What's How next? do you close? Mm-hmm. Because as we said, if they if they just finish where they are with just the kids they get in July and that's it, they're going to have a top five class. Yes. If they just land the kids that we think they're going to get in July, it's a top five. Rankings-wise, it's a top five class. From filling needs, it's, it's a top five class. Although if you're looking at it more subjectively, I would ding it because they don't have a quarterback. Right? right, so I would sure. knock it down. Sure, and they needed one, so I would and knock it down. It, it wouldn't be a top two to three class, in my opinion, without a quarterback. Right. From a rankings points standpoint, it could still be a top three class. And and to be fair, with the way we always talk about recruiting classes, right? We always talk about how it fits into the current roster and did they meet their needs and all of these different things. Right, a recruiting class without a quarterback doesn't meet the needs. I, right. that, I'll just say it, right? It just does not meet it, the need. Unless unless you don't necessarily aren't looking for a quarterback in that particular class. Like, let's say you've loaded up and you've got a red shirt and all that, and you're just like, you know what? It's not a great quarterback class, and you make the choice to not take a guy, right. then, I can, then I'm not going to ding you for it. But when sure. it's a neat, to your point, Vince, it's, right. but that's an exception, not the rule. Exactly. And this year was not an exception. This year's the year they needed a quarterback. So to me, that uh, – that, that's kind of the 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 i'm sorry hold on a second Vince. <laughs> i know what exactly yeah what you're doing Just, you know you like hey calm down right <laughs> like we'll get to the stuff you're asking about calm down we'll we're talking about something right here you know it's incredibly distracting right now so uh jeez <laughs> louise so so as you, as you look at this vince <clears throat> To me, the close is going to be the key. Absolutely. Right? As, as you're looking to kind of build a class that can compete for a championship, the close is the key, right? Like you've closed the gap big time. What you want to make sure that doesn't happen is over the next couple months, they pull back ahead. Mm-hmm. And I think they're in position right now to where this is going to be, if they just finish with a couple kids that we think they're going to get in July, 
this class is a gap coat closing class, no matter what. The question now Agreed. is how much more do you want to close it? Right. That's an important part. And then the the kind of then really focusing then more and more and more on the 24 class. So right now, when we talk about the close, I'm more focusing on the 23 class. Right. If they get some more 24 guys, that's great. But sure. right now it's about can you close out on this 2023 class? Yes. And that's going to be the key. So that means adding some of the guys that are on the board right now. Limiting your losses. We think they're going to lose on a kid, then which we'll get to in a little bit. You've got to close at the positions where there are still needs out there. Right. And you've got to be able to figure something out at quarterback. And that's going to be the question here moving the forward, ones, Vince, yeah. is can they, can they do that? And if they do that, then this is a top three class. And I don't care about the rankings, points, and all that. It's a top three class. If, if they just finish on the kids we think they're going to get. Actually, let me just do that here real quick. So I'm just going to quickly add in the guys that I think that they're going to get over the next, I'm not going to say who they are. The guys that I'm, the, I'm the three I'm pretty, that you, the three that you mentioned, yeah, right? the or guys the, I think they're going to yeah. get. So if you look at that, if you look at them compared to the last few years, that class with just those three kids, not adding another single kid, they would have ranked fifth last year. They would have been fifth in 2021. It would be sixth in 2020. It would be third in 2019. It would be fourth in 2018. And it would be sixth in 2017. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, sixth in 2017. So, I mean, you're, you're kind of getting the point, right? Top, like Top two, five, top six right. class if they well, don't get anyone else. I mean, there's only been one year it hasn't really <laughs> okay. been there. Uh, fourth in 2016. So you're talking about a four to five class if they don't close on anybody, right? And then uh, third in 2015. I mean, you're you're getting the point. And the, but the thing is, but you've got to make you've got an opportunity here to do yes. something, maximize it, right? Right. That's exactly. the key. It's not we. I can and so what I just gave you. That's like the spin conversation. Well, if they don't get anybody else, it's still a top five class. That's great. That's great. But. You've got an opportunity to take it to an even greater level, yes. and that's the question that the staff has to well, focus and, on. And that's what that's what the fan base wanted, right? I mean, Notre Dame was right here with recruiting; they were here, right? And it was, and and we can talk about you know uh, Marcus Freeman with that next step he needs to take with the program, right? Winning that playoff game, et cetera. Well, in the recruiting talk and recruiting land, this is the next step. Okay, you got a better class than anything Brian Kelly ever did. But you can do, you can take that a whole step further if you want, if you close on some of these kids, which I think is the big deal. I, I think that's what you're saying, right? They mm-hmm. can take that next step and right. it, can, it can be elite. What I would say is they've taken a step. If they just get the kids we talk about in July, they've taken a step. There's no question about it. It's how big of a step, Vince, to your point. How exactly. big of a step are you going to take? Right. And I think that's where you kind of get into the conversation of, okay, that's what the finish is going to determine. Yes. Have you closed the gap or have you pretty much with one class come as close as you can with one class to erasing it, right? You can't completely erase the gap with just one class. We've talked about that. But you've done everything you possibly could have with this class to close that gap. That's the question. And that's what we're going to get to. And that's what the rest of the show is going to be about before we kind of get to some Q&A. So, we are going to do some questions and answers at the end. Yep. So if you do have some questions, put them in and and uh, we'll get to those at the end. But 
and and I already see some Vince that that we'll get to here. But uh, so want to get a super chat here before we move on. Nice. ICURN with Irish Luck. Let's get a boys listening while driving from Charlotte to my new contract in the CCU at UVA. I have been up in that area many, many times. Safe travels and congrats on the new gig. Yeah, that's Charlottesville awesome. is a beautiful – I like Charlotte, North Carolina a lot. It's a really nice town, at least the parts I've been to. Charlottesville, <laughs> Virginia is beautiful, absolutely beautiful part of the country. So you will you will enjoy it very, very much up there. Awesome. Thanks for the super chat too. By yes, the way. absolutely. So Vince, let's uh, let's, let's transition on thing. to the next part. Yeah, yeah. Let's jump into this thing, and so we will. We're gonna go right after what everybody's talking about. We're gonna talk about it. We're gonna get it out of the way. It's uh, if you're on the message board, then you have already get an idea of what's what's coming here. But Jason Moore uh, is the next guy we're gonna talk about where he stands with his recruitment, and it does not look good for yeah. Notre Dame. I thought about putting out at the end, but I was like, you know what? Let me just get knock it out first. And I'm so glad I did because yeah, that's know, what everybody's right? loosing their minds about in the chat right now. <laughs> um, and I'm like trying to talk about other things. I'm like, Jason Moore, Jason Moore, Jason Moore. Okay, look, uh, Ryan felt really good about where this stood. I, I felt good about it. I was a little bit more concerned about Ohio State maybe uh, than Ryan was. Penn State was obviously is also very much lurking. And but even going in last week, we both felt Notre Dame was going to be the choice yeah. and just some things that, that that we had gathered. We really felt that Notre Dame was going to be the choice. As of today, it doesn't look like Notre Dame is going to be the choice for Jason Moore. We're not going to get into kind of who he's going to pick. That's we don't just try to not steal the moment of a kid that's going to pick Notre Dame. We're trying to not steal the moment of any kids. So it'll be Jason Moore's decision to announce, but it's going to be a it's a it, it as of right now, barring things changing, Notre Dame is not going to get Jason Moore, which is very disappointing because I thought he was a guy that they were going to get. I mean, I thought that they they were on him on a long time, and it just he just kept putting it off and off and off for understandable reasons. You know, his brother had the injury and all those different type of things, and just in the end, Notre Dame wasn't able to do enough. It's not a situation, Vince, where I have any criticism to throw out. It's not like, man, you should have done this, you should have done that. You know, Al Washington dropped the ball here, the staff dropped the ball. No, it's got beat, right? I mean, they just – and it's going to happen. I think they've done all that they can on him, but he's just going to make another choice, and I think that's sort of where you got to continue to get to, right, is is sort of maybe you can get this kind of guy. Sure. But but even then, when Notre Dame – You're going mean, to lose Bama, Bama loses kids. You <laughs> right. Know? You're going to lose some of these battles right. when, you're, when you're swinging so big. You're going to lose right. some of them. Right, and this is one. And, and, I, and I don't want to get into the thing where we just dismiss every miss. Ah, not a big deal. Like Micah Tease, that's a loss, but I'm not worried about it. There's nothing they could have done there. He picked Arkansas. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> – he, he turned down USC and Notre Dame to go to Arkansas. Okay, cool. You know? <laughs> right. I mean, what, what are you supposed to do about that one, right? This one is, you know, Jason Moore was looking at some big-time programs, and they just got beat. And it's not about, like, it's not about playing time because the schools he's – all the schools he's looking at, he's going to have to battle for playing time, right? It's not about – it just it just got beat, right? I mean, as simple as that. They got beat. Now, it's a loss because, to me, and there was a debate going on in the chat about it's not an elite offensive defensive line class without Jason Moore. And and I, I don't agree with that. I still think this is an elite defensive line class, Vince. When Devin Houston at, like, 180 is your lowest-ranked defensive lineman out of four, you've got a pretty darn good defensive line class. But then it's about how good is the next three. And Keon Keeley's a consensus five-star recruit. Uh, to me, Bubakar Traore is ranked in the top 200 by two different sites. I believe Brennan Vernon's ranked in the top or top 100. 
believe Brendan Vernon is also ranked in the top 100 by at least two services. So you got three top 100 kids in the class at defensive line. That's outstanding. And if you're in the top three or four line classes in the country, you're going to be an elite class. Now, is it what oh, what Texas A&M did last year? No, but you need – they signed eight guys. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to get there even with Jason Moore. It's a it's an excellent defensive line class. I think it's an elite defensive line class. And the, without question, I think this is the thing we can all agree on. It's without question a gap-closing defensive line class. Maybe it doesn't close it as much as you could have if sure. you also added Jason Moore. Of There's course. no question about that. It, not getting Jason Moore is a blow because – him and Keon Keeley are both, to me, incredibly high ceiling players. Yes, and so there's not going to be any diminishment here of, well, you know, he was he was this and he was not he's raw. No, he was a big time player. But what we have said for a while, even when we thought Nerman was going to him, he was more of a need or more of a want than a need. Sure, we have said that for a long time. But in order to get to where you want to get to, Vince, sometimes you got to get those wants if Absolutely. they're elite players. Sure. And I view. Jason Moore's an elite player. I know some don't have him ranked as an elite guy. Uh, he's ranked in like the 80s and 90s by a couple. I don't see it. I, he's a top 50 football player to me, and that's how we graded him. Sure. And and he, so it's and a he's a, I mean, he's it's a, a top 50 guy yeah. even as a raw kid. Right. You know what I mean? So like when the rawness gets shaken off, you're talking about a top 25 football player, in my opinion. So Jason Moore is a big time football player, and it's a loss. Now Notre Dame will keep recruiting him as well. They don't, should. Don't kid yourself. Sure. And the fact that they don't need another defensive lineman, get, say, why not? Now, I think that's the question that some people will have is, well, who, who are you going to replace him with? I don't think there's necessarily a replacement I there. I think when you look at Samuel and Pemba, you know, who's who's kind of a guy that will we'll, we'll kind of move him up the list a little bit, Vince, because it okay. does kind of translate here to this conversation. Sure. Samuel and Pemba is not being recruited as a defensive lineman. He's kind of a rover, edge rusher, hybrid type of guy. You know, I think this kind of makes it makes the numbers work a little bit better if you can get Samuel and Pemba. Although right now, I don't think Notre Dame is the leader for Samuel and Pemba anymore. I think Miami and Georgia have really made a strong push for him. I would, if I had to pick today, I'd probably lean towards Miami. But again, Notre Dame's going to get him on campus in, in November for a game, and so they're going to keep working on him, keep recruiting him, keep pushing him. And this might actually be something that maybe makes it a little bit easier to get him. Although that's not a trade that I'm saying is a positive. I wanted both, but I'm just saying this may be something that could help you with that. I don't know if it will or not, but you know, the, I think so that would be sort of the, the, the commit that you could look at and say, that's how maybe you could make, make it work is with Pemba. but they were, already, they wanted to take both. I don't think they need to go get another 2024, 2023 defensive lineman. What I would do Vince and what I think they're going to do, unless somebody kind of breaks out and emerges, some other sure. big time player either shows interest Which in the game. I mean, you got a whole sure. senior year of sure. film and everything else, yeah. Or a big time player decides he still likes Notre Dame. I would keep right. recruiting Jason Moore, for Absolutely. example. I don't think their focus is going to focus as much on getting a guy to replace Jason Moore in this class. I think more so is so. Okay, let's. This will be one maybe you push to next year, right? In in twenty twenty four, and obviously that's a loaded 2020-24 class. They already have Owen Wafel. They already have Brandon Davis-Swain. Obviously, they're still recruiting Eliza Rushing, Nigel Smith, uh, Jay Sean Ross, Justin Scott from Chicago, who's a big-time player. So to me, there's a lot of very talented guys in 2024. They've gotten most of those kids, all the kids that I just mentioned, except for Jay Sean Ross, I believe, visited Notre Dame this spring or summer. 
so there's obviously a lot of early interest. I know they sure. like Aiden Breland, who's a big kid from California. I'm not sure where what his interest level is. But the point is, I, I don't think you need to you don't need to replace Jason Moore in his class. Number one, you're probably not going to find someone that's better than Jason Moore or as good as Jason Moore, other than the guys you already have. Right. So unless you can find a comparable player at a position that is sort of a position of need, right? And I don't think D-line is a need, then I think that you focus on next year. I would rather than focus on Justin Scott and Elijah Rushing and Nigel Smith and Jayshon Ross and – you know, all the other kids on the board that, that they're after because it's a very impressive 2024 board. And that's why I'd rather see their attention sure. focused on because, again, there's these aren't a fifth defensive lineman isn't needed because we got to remember they they actually have four defensive linemen from last year as well because technically they only signed the three defensive linemen, but, but Josh moved, Burnham has yeah, already moved. moved. Josh, right. Yeah. So you've got Tyson Ford who can play big end or three technique. You've got Diamond Hines who can play nose or three technique. You got Aiden Gobira, who's a Viper right now, but could potentially grow into a big end. And then you've got Josh Burnham. Right. And the same thing in this class. You've Keon's the Viper. You've got between Brendan Vernon and and Bubakar Traore, one of them is a big end. The other could play three technique. Devin Houston could play three technique or nose. I think Brennan, I think Brendan Vernon eventually is going to be a kid that can play every position except Viper when it's all said and done. And, and so They've got a nice combination, a, a nice two years in a row of four. The reason they were taking Jason Moore is simply because he's really good. Yeah, and you, and take you don't a kid pass like up that. a kid like exactly. that. Exactly. Right? You take a kid like you right. find room if a kid right. like that wants Where, to come into your class. If they missed out on, let's say they get Ronan Hannafin but don't get Jaden Greathouse or get Jaden Greathouse and don't get Ronan Hannafin, they need to go find a fourth they receiver. They need four. Somewhere. You need right. four. They because have to go find that, a fourth receiver. That's a depth right. issue. I mean, that's you, you need, right. you don't have a quarterback. Issue. If they don't get Dante right. more, they need to find a quarterback I agree. because they're not in a position where that's a, that's not, that's not, like if they didn't get Christian Gray, let's say Christian Gray would have picked LSU yesterday, which he didn't, he picked no name. I just wanted to say that uh, then you would have needed to go find another corner, right? The reason Notre Dame didn't take Josiah Wagner, because well, that was kind of risky. Micah Bell and, J- and Christian Gray both committed during their visits. They, right. those were done. But just the point is, if you miss, so this is not necessarily a need; it's right. a want. Right. But it was a big time want because sometimes it's the guys you want that also can have the biggest impact on you closing the gap because those wants tend to be really the top level players. Sure, and that's where they need to get to. All right, you said it, so I'm going to go with it because you're the master of the segue these days. You mentioned I didn't do that wide- one on purpose. I know, right? It's just it's so natural now. Let's talk about wide receivers. Brian, we had a we had a wide receiver commit over the weekend. I told you you're not getting tomorrow off, man. Stop sucking up. <laughs> we had, just kidding. Just I know. Kidding. No, we had a wide receiver commit over the weekend. That's two. We know that they need four. You just mentioned yeah. it. You're absolutely correct. They need four. They've got two on the board at mm-hmm. the moment. They need to hit both of them, or they need to go back and they need to figure out somebody else to get. Yeah, and that's Ronan Hannafin and Jaden Greathouse. Jaden Greathouse, absolute yeah. musket players, and <clears throat> and Notre Dame loves both of them. You know, I've I've done a lot of digging, talking to sources, and and they really want those two kids, like really want those two kids in a big way. The interesting thing is, you know, Ronan Hannafin, you could look at as maybe a defensive player, sure. and, but the way that they've put the secondary and the way they're trying to put the linebacker class together, they're not looking at Ronan Hannafin as a defensive player anymore. They're looking at him as a pure wide receiver at this point in time. Now, again, that doesn't take away the fact he could play defense, 
but it's just they're not treating him as a as an athlete anymore. They're treating him as a receiver. Right. And the reason we know that is not just what they're doing defensively, but it's also, Vince, what they're doing offensively. They need four receivers. Yes. And as of right now, with Micah Tease going to Arkansas, I don't believe they have any intention of expanding the board. They're going to focus on these two. Right. And it's because they view Ronan Hannafin as a receiver. He's a musket. Right. They have to close right. on him. Clemson and Bama, especially Clemson, have done a great job with him. I still like where Notre Dame is at. I feel good about where Notre Dame is at, but they have to close on him. And the same thing is true with Jaden Greathouse. So with Ronan, there is no timeline for his decision. It's right. just when he's ready to figure it out and announce it, he'll do it. You know, So again, there's still work to be done there. With Jaden Greathouse, I'm actually more confident in that one at this point in time. Okay. The question for him is, will he commit during the fall, like he said, or we commit during the summer? And we, we've kind of gone back and forth on that show. I'm actually at the point now where I, I, I think he will make a decision sooner rather than later. But the key is, is they've got to get those two kids. And the other part of it is they've got to keep all four of them in the class. Yes, absolutely. That's going to be a big part of it. So, so there's closing to be done there. Mm-hmm. And then there's hanging on. And starting yeah. to focus why you focus on next year. Because we talked about it when when in the Rico Flores commitment uh show that even with the four that they're about to get potentially win the 23 class, that still only gives them eight scholarship wide receivers for the 23 season, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> you need four. You can't you cannot go the 23 class with three because then you're right back where you started right. from because you're losing three and then you gain three it's a wash. You're still sitting at seven scholarship wide right. receivers where that ideal number is 10. Right. And right. it's going to take obviously a couple of years to get there, but they need four. You need four. Right. Right. And, and, and Michael Johnson asked the question that you asked earlier, Vince, he says, if we don't get either of the two who was on the board at wide receiver. And, and right now, I mean, that's, that's kind of the question, right? Like, yeah, I think if they missed on one of those two, I think they'd probably turn the heat up on Malik Elsie, who's a good football player, but there's a reason he's not the guy now. Right. I mean, because they just view these guys as better players. So, you know, if Malik Elsey's your fourth receiver in a class, Vince, you got a pretty good receiver class. Sure. He's a good football player. Sure. But again, it's about closing the gap even more. And and to me, that is the that is the big thing for me, is like trying to maximize the potential that you can get in this receiver class with with all the things that are kind of leading to to some of the you know, reasons why it maybe isn't going to be as good as you'd like it to or whatever the case may be, but this is this is a really good gap-closing class. There's another level you want to get to, but you've got to start with this foundation. So Ronan Hannafin, again, I, I like where Notre Dame is at, but Clemson and Alabama are still there. They're still battling. They haven't given up that's, on them yet. That, that's and, he, uh, and he doesn't talent. have a decision date. Yeah, Jaden Greathouse, uh, again, it's Texas, it's Oklahoma, it's, it's South Carolina. I know a lot of Notre Dame fans are – Nervous about Texas now that Arch Manning is there. I still very much like where Notre Dame is at on that one. I, I believe he'll commit sooner rather than later, but we'll see how that one plays out. But I, I do like where Notre Dame is at, Vince. But two weeks ago, I liked where Notre Dame was at with Jason Moore as well. So, again, they've, they've got to close the deal. And, and this is big for Chancey Stuckey too, Vince, because not just – you know, look, getting Braylon James is huge, but, like, that was one that you should have got, right? Like, Absolutely. that's one that we criticized the previous staff of not – because he's a – phenomenal student who has wanted to leave the state and there was, he was a natural Notre Dame fit. Right. Right. And, and obviously you get Rico Flores. You were aided by the fact that Ohio state filled up. Mm-hmm. Maybe they still would have got him if Ohio state didn't fill up, but that was, that was who my big concern was all along. Right. 
So to me, these are two guys that aren't, I mean, Ronan Hannafin is, is a prone to Notre Dame kid. That's another reason why you flat out cannot miss him. You cannot miss him. Jaden Greathouse would be a, just a great pickup. So they both in some way kind of show, okay, what, what kind of closing ability does Coach Stuckey have? And that's going to be a big key. And, and so, like, with, with Braylon James, like, you were leading for him before he ever stepped foot on campus, right? He was just prone to be – and that doesn't take it – that Vince, that doesn't take away from how good of a pickup it was for Coach Stuckey. I'm just saying these next two sure. are going to determine just how good of a, yeah. a closer he is at this stage of, an, of his career. And so we'll see how those two play out. Nate actually had a good question since we're talking about wide receivers, and I wanted to bring it up because we've been hammering the depth issue, mm-hmm. right, at, at wide receiver. And and Nate says, why not recruit hard on five wide receivers? So even if you miss on one, you set yourself up for four in the class. They, and they, if you get five, then great. They did. That's what Mike Atiz was. <laughs> right. Right. No, I mean, it's a yeah. good, it's a very fair question. Yeah, I think it's, it's a, a very, very fair, fair question. question. Yeah, I love but it. But yeah. they did that. They needed four, and there was really five guys that they were really on. It was the two they have, right? So they got Rico. You already had Braylon James. You knew that you had Rico committed, right? Like, you, you felt good about that one. But, you know, Ohio State was lingering. But once Ohio State canceled their visit, I mean, for the last couple weeks, it's it's been over, right? Yeah. Uh, so then it came down to Ronan Hannafin, Jane Greathouse, and Micah Tease. So that's three for two spots, essentially. Now, uh, Nate, they would have taken all five, right? but they needed two. So the strategy you're referring to is a good one. It's just they did that, and they missed on one already. You can't miss on two of the three Correct. is what we're saying. Yeah. So I, I like where your head's at, but th- that's already kind of been enacted. Now, what you don't want to do is keep adding another one to that list. Right, because then you run the risk of some of the kids that are out there. You could have got early if you wanted them. You add them, and all of a sudden, well, then the kid that you want is like, well, you already you got that kid now. What you know what I mean? Like what what he's kind of like me now, and you run the risk of it. So it's just about closing, right? So you you needed to get two out of three. They they had the miss already. You know, it's kind of like you're in a you know you're you're in a uh, best out of three you know elimination tournament type, right, Vince? And you mm-hmm. lost the opener. Mm-hmm. You got to win the next two. That's right. And that's kind of where Notre Dame is at with those two receivers. Right. So and very, you, very and, good question. Nate. And the other thing is you don't want to just take a body to take a body like that. Sure. That's why they didn't well, pull anybody like, in from the, right. from the transfer portal. Right. right. But like Malik Elsey is not just a body, right? Sure. And that's not what you're saying. He's a good right. football player, but sure. that's kind of the good football player you've been getting. Right. Ronan Hannafin and Jaden Greathouse to me, raise the level of what you've been getting. And that's the difference. Yeah. And that's why I would say I would focus more on him at this okay. point in time. Let's move to the backfield from wide receiver. Let's talk running backs. Obviously, Notre Dame has a commitment currently from Jaden Lamar. They have a couple of other guys on the board. Jeremiah Love, Richard Young, I guess, would be the two mm-hmm. big ones at this point. Where does Notre Dame stand? They want two, if I'm not mistaken. They want and two running backs. they've already got one. And they've right. already got one in uh, Jaden Lamar. So where do they stand uh, with the running back position? Richard Young's not happening. I think that a big reason why he visited and why Notre Dame was was obviously Dylan McCullough made a great run and Marcus Freeman and all that. But at the time, there was the assumption that Dante Moore was still going to pick Notre Dame. And I think with Dante Moore trending away from Notre Dame, that's hurt with a guy like Richard Young. I'm just being honest. That's the intel that yeah. we had from coming out of this one is he really thought the, the idea of him playing with, with Dante Moore was intriguing to him. He liked Coach McCullough. He liked Coach Freeman. As of right now, I, I don't see that one happening. Uh, again, w- w- the thing that could work out best for Notre Dame is if the other schools fill up. 
I, I don't think Oregon already has a back. They're in a similar situation to Notre Dame, though. They already have a back. He's not an elite back. He's a good back. He's not someone that's going to necessarily concern Richard Young. And then it comes down to Alabama. Well, we thought Alabama might have a really good shot with Cedric Baxter, the kid out of Florida. Well, he released a top four the other day, and Alabama wasn't in it. So they're now going to double their efforts of of uh, with Richard Young, I would imagine. And so I don't see that one happening. The other one's Jeremiah Love, who technically isn't a running back. He's more of an athlete that could play running back, receiver, DB. I still like where Notre Dame is at there, but I don't think he's in decision-making mode. And when a kid likes you a lot and he's not in decision-making mode, it usually means because he's still open to other yeah. schools. And I think that's where Richard is. Obviously, Bama's on him. Michigan's on him. Uh, Texas A&M is on him, Oregon's on him, Missouri's on him. So I, I don't think he is necessarily – he has talked about maybe making a decision to summer. He's talked about during the fall. I really don't think he knows where he is right now in regards to a decision, which is fine. Kids shouldn't rush decisions or feel rushed. If a school really wants you, they'll wait. They'll wait for you. That's sure. the way I always look at it. If a school's telling you, hey, if you don't come out by then, we're moving on, that's probably not a school you want to go to because yeah. – you know, they feel like they have somebody else lined up. So uh, he he's not one of my guys that I'm counting as a potential summer pickup for Notre Dame. Not that I don't think Notre Dame is his leader. I think they are. I just think they're the leader. But it, it's there's other schools that are in very serious contention. So they're going to have to close out on that one. And And I'm curious to see how or if they can and if he decides to take this in the fall. I actually think – Vince, that if he if he decides now, I kind of feel like we're not is at, but I'm actually not overly concerned about him going into the fall either. Because I feel like by then Richard Young will have, you know, you'll know you're not with him. But I, I really think this offense for Notre Dame is going to be really good this year. Yeah. I do and too. so I'm not overly scared of offensive players taking their commitments into the fall. As long as they don't commit somewhere else, I actually am kind of like, okay, cool. No. Because I think they're going to put a good product. Watch what happens. Field. Yeah, exactly. Right. Now I yeah. could be wrong, but that's kind of why at this point in time I'm not overly concerned about that. So I, I don't I could I think they do I think they are the leader for Jeremiah Love, but it's not something where I'm like putting a you know my next mortgage payment on it, right? <laughs> like because I think it could change. And I think the other schools sure. are charging hard and, and doing a good job. Michigan's doing a great job with him. You know, Bama's kind of lingering, kind of seeing how things shake out, and then they may pounce on him if they don't get some kids they want. Missouri's working hard on him. So there's a lot of schools making him a priority, and Notre Dame's gonna have to keep doing the same thing and and kind of yeah. ramp up some of their efforts. And to me, when people talk about the fifth receiver, I would rather view that slot as going to Jeremiah Love, in that he can do both. Right. You know, so like if the running back depth chart's loaded, he can help you out a receiver, or if there's a need a receiver, he can help you out a receiver. So I would rather focus on that than a po- than getting a second getting him as your second back and then also getting a fifth receiver. I, I, I wouldn't love that. I'd rather get Jeremiah love, see how it goes and then move on and maybe get two backs next year. If he sure. just, if he ends up moving the receiver, you'll have some time to find out where he fits right. best. If, if you, if you early you on, a lot of he might be in that room. Third, yeah. Then you can get a second kid next year. Right. Only 2025. That's kind of where I look at for that. Yeah. One. I feel very good about the running back room for Notre Dame. And yeah, if they, if they only get one and, one and a half and you know he moves and whatever i i think notre dame is gonna be just fine in the running back room personally but we shall see let's move to the other side of the football brian let's talk linebacker for a moment Uh, notre dame Mm -hmm. has a commitment from drake bowen obviously they have a commitment from preston zinter but 
there are guys still out there, namely Jaden Osbury. Where is Notre Dame at linebacker and specifically with Osbury? I love where Notre Dame is at. I mean, I, I do. I mean, Michigan's done a nice job with him. A&M's done a nice job with him. Auburn, obviously, where his brother, older brother Austin uh, signed with. He'll be a freshman this year at Auburn. They've all done a great job with him. I just think Notre Dame is just way out ahead for him. Now, again, if he takes his recruitment in the summer, into the season, that'll make me a little concerned. Okay. Because it's like when you're way ahead, what's the holdup? Is it is there something you're hoping that somebody else kind of gets in? Are you waiting on Bam? Are you waiting on Georgia? Right. I, you know, I always right. get a little nervous about those kind of things. Whereas with Jeremiah Love, the reason I'm not concerned there is because I actually think their name's a leader, but I, I don't think there's like this big gap. So there's still decision-making to be made, right? With Jaden Osbury, I kind of view it as, and it's the same thing I feel about Jaden Greathouse. You're way ahead. What's the holdup? Right, right, exactly. And so I think with Jaden, it's more of a he didn't he 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 wasn't in decision making mode going through his visits. I don't think he went into the visits with any thought of I'm committing somewhere. You know, the plan was always go to the fall. Now that those are over, you take some time away, you enjoy your time yeah. with your family. Then you sit down as a family, and say, okay, what are we going to do? Are, sure. are, do, do you know where you want to go now? Do you want to make that decision now? Do you want to kind of arbitrarily go with the end of the fall because we had maybe thought that was the plan? What's the plan? And I think that's where the Osbury's are now is sort of, okay, what do you want to do? And and I think if he decides soon, I love where Notre Dame is at. Sure. If he decides to take it in the fall, I'll feel a lot more nervous about that one. But I think Notre Dame has done a phenomenal job with Jaden Osbury. And part of it is they, they, he's not, again, that's not necessarily a position of need per se. Sure. It, it's it's kind of a want, but it's a little different than the Jason Moore one because I think that even though you don't have a numbers need, I still think the linebacking core can use a, a talent continue another year of a talent upgrade. You've done a great job of that with Drake Bowen. I like Preston Zinter. He's a good football player with a nice ceiling, but he's not Jaden Osbury. He's not Drake Bowen. He's not Josh Burnham. He's not Jalen. He's not like that level of player as of right now. Uh, so to me, and Jaden Osbury gives you such versatility. He can play yeah. Rover. He can play Will. I just, I lo- it, don't be shocked if he's a two hundred twenty-five pound middle linebacker. I mean, do you think Jaden Osbury is going to have any hard, a harder, a hard time get, getting to be the same size as Drew White? I don't. Yeah, right. But he's a better athlete, and he's just a better football player. I don't ideally want him at Mike, but if that's where I can get him on the field, then I'm putting him there. And I think he brings that. Now he's not doing it as a freshman when he's two hundred ten pounds. But could he get there? I, did, I think he could get there. Yeah. But I like him at the two outside spots. I like him at Rover first. And then, you know, especially the way that they've used Rover in recent years as sort of like a, a, a space linebacker as opposed to a fifth DB. I really like him in that position as well. So, uh, and then, you know, then you can move him inside a nickel, right? right. Like, so if, if you want to get a, a, you know, a fifth DB on the field, you can move him inside and have him play Will, maybe bump your Will inside to Mike. And, you know, like, could you imagine in a couple of years if Notre Dame's nickel package is Jalen Sneed and Jaden Osbury inside, you know, and maybe Drake Bowen rushing the passer or Jalen Sneed in space and Drake Bowen and 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 uh, and, and Jaden Osbury inside in nickel packages. That's a pretty rangy athletic group. of Yeah, cover guys. pretty decent. So, you know, I think those are the things that uh, I, I look at and say, hey, um, 
you know, this kid could add a lot to your yeah. linebacker room. And he's a great kid, great fit. I mean, all those things track. So I like where Notre Dame is at with Jaden Osbury. And then, of course, we talked about Samuel Pemba earlier. Yep. He's kind of the, a, a hybrid linebacker, edge rusher type of position. And uh, Notre Dame's in a good place there in regards to the fact they're in his top group. They're definitely in his top group. I just think as of right now, I think things are trending in the opposite direction of them. But I think that's also partly why Notre Dame decided to wait till November for the official visit. Let those other schools kind of get all their. They want to be the last one. Right. Smart. Let them use all their, you know, all their. He's waiting that long anyway. Be the last one. I mean, I, I, one thing I have noticed in, in following the recruiting in the manner of which I followed it and talking to you, whoever has that last visit, man, it, 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 it's like a courtroom, man. Whoever you hear last, that's a pretty good shot. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and I I feel real good about Notre Dame in that regard when it comes to that. That's good planning to have him in there in in November, you know, as long as he's not one of those guys that's scared away by weather or whatever. And it doesn't sound like he would be. Bring him in in November. Let's see what's up. And by then, Notre Dame's going to have a lot of wins under their belt, too, which isn't going to hurt anything. So there is that. You mentioned defensive backfield. There's still one safety on the board, I believe, Mm -hmm. for Notre Dame. That is Caleb Downs. They already have Mm -hmm. uh, a commitment at the safety position from a couple guys, right? Uh, They've got Peyton Bowen. And they've got uh, Adon Schuler in the mix, and uh, Downs Caleb Downs is still on the board. Sure. So where do they stand with Caleb Downs out of Georgia? Same, you know. I think the Caleb <laughs> likes Notre Dame a lot. I do. I think Caleb loves Notre Dame. I think he also loves Georgia. I think he also loves Alabama. I think he also loves Ohio State. Uh, a month ago, I'd have said he's staying south. I, I just think he's going to stay south. I think Ohio State's surged. Will they be able to get him or not? We'll see. Uh, but I think Notre Dame is third at best okay. for him. And I think they've just never been able to get past that. And I think he loves Notre Dame. I think he likes – there's a lot about Notre Dame he likes a lot. I just don't think it's going to end up being enough for him to bite the – you know, take that ultimate leap, yeah. so to speak, and say, yeah, that's – I'm going to turn down known quantities, known entities yeah. to go to Notre Dame. But that's also one where, like, look, I don't care if he commits somewhere else tomorrow. Uh, keep recruiting him. Yeah. Right? Because, again, he's like Jason Moore. He's not a need. He's a want, but he's a he, phenomenal he's a player. He's a, he's a take if yeah. he wants to come. I mean, honestly, if 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 let's just say Notre Dame got Jaden Osbury, at that point in time, I don't need to expand the board. Just keep recruiting Jason Moore, keep recruiting Caleb Downs, and keep recruiting Samuel and Pemba and just get who you can get. Yeah, because after if the if they get Osbury, there's not another need that they have on the defensive class. Because let's not forget that their number sixth ranked class last year was built on a phenomenal defensive class. So to me, there's not a need after that. It's more wants, and what you want is elite players, and those guys are elite players. So again, that's not to say you don't still recruit those guys, or they're they're yeah, you're fine if you miss them. No. Right. The, the step, the final step for the defensive class staff at this point in time, now that they have the corner class filled up, is okay. Now let's upgrade our talent level. We don't have any numbers needs anymore. Let's upgrade our talent level. And I think that's what Jaden Osbury and Samuel and Pemba and Caleb Downs and Jason Moore were all about. Right. So missing on them, it doesn't hurt you from a number standpoint, but missing on them does hurt you when you talk about the need or the desire to be to put the most talented team on the field right every week no matter who you play and and they're like that most of the time but there's still probably about you know maybe four or five teams maybe that you can look at i mean bama 
Georgia, Ohio State for sure. I think Clemson's debatable. You know, yeah. I mean, we can have a debate. Clemson's yeah. better in some spots, but maybe not I others. Agree. They're debatable. After that, I don't see a team that right now has a better top-to-bottom roster than Notre Dame. The difference, however, is is there's a – so like saying now, so let's say Notre Dame is fifth. Let's say they're better than – so we said Alabama, Georgia, Ohio uh, State, Ohio Clemson. State, Clemson, and Notre Dame. So I'd say Notre Dame is fifth. I think the gap between them and four Clemson is pretty narrow. I think the gap between them and Ohio State is narrowing and, and a little more close than, than others think it is. I think Ohio State has the perceived huge jump because of recruiting rankings, but I don't believe that to be true. They have a big jump in certain areas. Notre Dame has a big advantage in other areas. I still think Ohio State top to bottom has a, a, a better roster. It's funny. There's a bunch of Ohio State just losing their minds. They have no ability to comprehend things, most of them. Like they don't understand basic logic, but we went through and kind of did a position by position where I think who has the edge. And I think Notre Dame has the edge in more positions than Ohio State. What they don't understand is, but the difference is it's not just does Notre Dame have an advantage of four spots compared to three. It's what are the three that they have an advantage on Ohio State and how big is the advantage? And that to me is the, is the difference is if Notre Dame had a proven, if Tyler Buckner, if Notre Dame fans knew that Tyler Buckner was going to be the, the the player that he was ranked to be, then I think there'd be a lot less consternation about that Ohio State game. Sure. And that's the big difference. You know Ohio State's got to stud a quarterback. Yep. You have no idea what Notre Dame has a quarterback. Other than, well, yeah, he was ranked high, and he was really good runner last year. And look at his crazy junior numbers in high school. But those don't mean that he's guaranteed to be a great player at Notre Dame. And I think that's the difference. So the the point, Vince, is after those two, however, to me, there still is a pretty significant top-to-bottom gap between Notre Dame and Georgia. Now, is the gap close enough to where you can still beat those teams on any given Saturday? I think it is. But if you play 10 times, they're going to beat you more than you're going to beat them by a decent number. And, and so, you know, and the thing that's frustrating is Georgia, since they last played in 2019, Georgia has widened the gap with Notre Dame talent-wise. That I agree with. Because of how they've recruited and, and the fact that Brian Kelly hasn't taken advantage of the recruiting opportunities that they've had. Right. And so that's the, you know, whereas Notre Dame is kind of, you know, Clemson's kind of fallen off a little bit. Ohio State's kind of where they were. Bama's where they were. Georgia has surged talent-wise. Now it's about Notre Dame playing catch-up. So the point is, the gap between Notre Dame and number two is – to me, greater than Notre Dame and like number eight. Sure. You know, there's a, there's a, no, so Notre Dame still has to pull away from the teams behind them, but there's work to be done. And that's what Jason Moore is. That's what Samuel Pemba is. That's what Caleb Downs is. Right. And, and so to me, that's why you still re- recruit those guys, even though they aren't, they aren't numbers needs. Sure. They are significantly better players than what you normally recruit. And that's why they're going to stay on them. And it's also why they should continue to recruit. The quarterback. Oh, look at Mr. Segway. <laughs> look, you are Mr. Segway. So that is the next position that we are going to talk about. I, I saw some stuff in there about Dante Moore, CJ Carr. Can I just put something out there? If if Dante Moore commits to Notre Dame, CJ Carr is not decommitting. Okay. Right. So that was a question way back when in the chat. That's not going to happen. So I just want to put that out there. CJ Carr is a very committed player to Notre right. Dame. Okay, so let's dispel that rumor. So quarterback, Brian, 23 class. There isn't one. Will there be one? And what do you see? 
I, I right now with everything that I've been told and everything I've heard, I fully expect Notre Dame to sign a quarterback in 2023. Okay. And it won't be CJ Carr. As of right now, as right. we've said all along, and this is as of two days ago, I, I don't anticipate CJ Carr reclassifying. I think his focus right now is on the 24 class sure. playing the next two years of this high school team, which I hope he does. Cause I, I want him to have that time. Me too. And so by the end of the month, you should have a much better read on that. You should have a much better read on where Dante Moore is and his decision-making process. And I think that is when you could see Notre Dame start to kind of reach out. Now I do know that Notre Dame has, has had some conversation with some kids just preliminary, but there hasn't been like a heavy, heavy pursuit of anybody yet. Cause I, I do still think there are some in their name holding out hope that, that they can still get Dante more, even though as of right now, like I said, that's, it's not trending in that direction. So I do anticipate a, there being a quarterback in this class. It's just who, what, what, what will it be just a, a sort of a numbers fill, right? Like a depth guy that you could, I mean, there's Notre Dame. There's no doubt Notre Dame will get a quarterback if they want one. It's right. just the question is is how good will that quarterback? Sure, be? absolutely. And that's that's the question that that and they have to decide somewhat quickly because kids are starting up. You know, Austin Novasad, for example, uh, he's a Baylor commit. You, I don't know if you can wait till the season for him. I think he wants to decide sooner than that. Uh, there's other kids on the board. You know, I've heard that Notre Dame Dante Moore might might make a run at a kid like Brock Glenn, but I think he wants to decide soon. And, and I, you know, again, I don't know if he's a kid that you could necessarily flip. So there's a lot of kids out there that I like. There's a lot of kids that are flippable. It's just about how good will that player be sure. uh, when it's all said and done. And I think that's the only question mark. But I do anticipate Notre Dame having – they will have a quarterback in the 23 class, even if it means C.J. Carr decides after this junior season. Like, let's say C.J. goes out and just dominates this year, and he's like, you know what, man, I'm ready for this. Uh, and he says, you know what? I want to reclassify. And that's a completely 100% hypothetical situation for argument's sake. Okay. Right. Then he's in the 23 class and he counts towards your rankings and he counts towards your 23 depth chart. It is what it is. If he decides not to and he says, you know what? I'm, I want to see this next two years through, yep. which is what we think he's leaning towards right now, then they'll go sign somebody else. What I can't guarantee is that it'll be a top 100 or top 200 player. That I don't know. Right, that I can't guarantee, and they'll have that, a quarterback. In this yeah, class. and that's a. I mean, being honest, it's a miss. I mean, if, if they can't, if yeah. they can't bring in a top level quarterback, yeah, that's a miss. You know, and yeah, I'll be very disappointed if that's the case. I realize it may possibly be trending in that direction, and I get that for all of the reasons that are out there. But it's still disappointing. It's still a miss. Mm-hmm. It's still um, a big hole in the twenty three class for me personally so yeah hopefully they can rectify that but it's not one thing i'm gonna hold my breath on at this point yeah so okay brian let's turn our attention to 2024 and kind of where things stand you know in the near future obviously there's a lot of time these guys are preparing for their junior seasons in high school i can't believe we're talking about 24 kids Mm -hmm. uh but yes we've already got some in the class and i know which is nuts But where do things stand uh, with our with our guy CJ Carr recruiting the heck out of that class right now? Well, I mean that's really where what we're seeing is he's putting <laughs> in a lot of work, right? right. And, and I think right now, right now I don't see anybody. Now, look, I'm not saying somebody said earlier. Uh, somebody said on the board. I think I'm trying to remember. I think it was theirs. You know, Brian said that they're they're not going to get any more kids this summer. I didn't say that. 
I said, I don't know of any kids that are going to get this summer. Uh, some kid may decide tomorrow. Uh, right. If you'd asked me at the beginning of June, you know, before our invasion, is Jack Larson going to commit to Notre Dame? I said, that's possible. Is Cam Williams going to commit to Notre Dame in, in this summer? No, no, not happening. But he did, right? I mean, so things right. change. So, but I don't know of anyone right now that's going to commit this summer. And I think right now the nice thing is because Notre Dame is so close to being done, you get Christian Gray and you get Micah, Micah Bell in a short period of time. So, like, they've had him in the class less than a month, right? Uh, silently and now publicly they've had him for less than a week. So now if you're Mike Mickens, you are ramping up your efforts big time on next year's class. And that's great. I mean, there's big time kids on the board. You know, if you're if you're Chris O'Leary, you're continuing to recruit the heck out of Caleb Downs. But you're shifting your focus is now sure. shifted from a number standpoint of 2024. Chancey Stuckey, if he can close out in July on Ronan Hannafin and Jaden Greathouse, which is the goal, then you can shift all your focus on 2024. And getting the Micah Hudsons and the you know Emmett Mosleys and the Ryan Wingos and those kind of guys, right? And that's the that's the focus. Same thing with Dylan McCullough. Harry he stands already able to start shifting his focus on next hey, year's class. His class which, is full, yeah. Which I think will take some time. I think they'd like to see how those guys play their junior years and stuff like that. That's why there's only four like offers. Offensive yeah. line. I mean, there's a lot of development yeah. that happens between yeah. your sophomore and your junior year. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, because there's two ways to go with it. Number one is some of the guys who are still developing. How do they jump as yeah. juniors? And then guys like Peter mm-hmm. Jones, who are already so big and strong, does he stagnate? Is right. he the same guy on, as a junior that he was as a sophomore? That may tell you that this kid, this kid has kind of already peaked, right? And and or he can go out as a junior, like okay, he took another jump. This kid's right. still growing as a player, right? And those are the things that you you want to be careful you don't jump too early because that's the that's the position I get most nervous about showing sure. up soon. Sure, yeah, and, and so um, that's kind of where I'm at with that one. So at, you know, again, linebacker, it's Jaden Osbury, Samuel and Pemba, and then 2024. <laughs> defensive line it's jason moore in 2024 i mean they're really in a unique position and, and they because they filled up so quickly with high level players they are in situation now in my opinion to where they can focus even more on 2024 while other schools are still trying to fill up in 2023 sure and that's a very unique position to be in and not one that notre dame has been in in a while you know Defensively, they th- yeah, like they, they w- one years they're w- some years they're they're in that position offensively, some years it's defensively, but right now they're they're in a position where they can kind of do both. Yeah. So I um I think that's kind of that's kind of wor- how I look at it, Vince. Is I think that they're they're really in that position on both sides of the ball, and in my opinion, with for the for the most part, which put you in a position where you say, okay, now it's about stacking those classes. This is what we're going to keep – you're going to hear us talk about this a lot. For Notre Dame now, it's about stacking these great classes on top. You're right. not going to go out there and become Bama because you had a great 2023 class. Right. You you may just be LSU then. You may have that one great right. year when these guys are all juniors and seniors, but then after that you're going to fade off. You know, you, you may be Clemson where you have that really brief window of from 16 to 18 and then 19 you kind of faded and then 2020 you got blown out in the playoff and – I mean, if you think about it, Clemson's last two postseason appearances have not been overly competitive. They got whooped pretty good by LSU, which, I mean, I think everybody was going to get whooped yes. that year. But they they got whooped. But and right. in 2020, Ohio State flat destroyed them. Yeah. 
And then last year they faded. I mean, so so do you want to have that really good two, three-year run, which I would we would all enjoy. I was gonna say, I'll take if it. Notre Dame was closing from 15 to 18. I would gladly take that. Yeah. But but the goal is to do it to where you're Bama. You you want to be doing it every year, you Absolutely. know, or, or Ohio State, who even in the down years, Ohio State's like eleven and two, right? And playing exactly. in the Rose Bowl. That's where you're right. trying to get to, you know, and, and so to do that, it's stacking them on top of each other. Right. And and that's where they got to get to, and that's why twenty four is important. But but because you are because you did so well in this year's class, they're really in a position. And like think about it, at at running back, tight end, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, and cornerback, they go into the twenty twenty four cycle without a need for numbers. What I mean by that is is they're not like behind from a number standpoint. So they got to load up and just, boy, we got to get five linemen this year, or we have to get four receivers or we have to get three corners, right? It's about, Hey, we're good. Let's just go get our normal number of, you know, two corners a year, sometimes three, you know, four offensive linemen a year, sometimes three, sometimes five. And you can take those big swings because yeah. Right. So when that's a great point, Vince. So when you like explain that, cause you're, 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 you were getting ready to say what I was leading to, which is, the big swing part is when you're not shooting for numbers, you're shooting for what, Vince? You're shooting for impact players. That's, That's right. what you're shooting for. And when you, when you only when you need two every year, for example, you shoot for those big guys, right? And maybe you hit one, maybe you hit two, and then you're good. And those now that becomes an impact class. Mm-hmm. Now let's say you miss on both. Well, then you go get guys that are really good, you know, that are going to be fine at Notre Dame, et cetera. But then that kind of puts you in a position the following year. Okay, well now well, let's go get some big time guy. Yeah, it just it allows you to take those big swings every year, as opposed to man, we need to get like four guys, and we're gonna have to just spread a wide net and make it happen the way we get those numbers right. Mm-hmm. Now you can take those big swings and you start landing some of those impact guys, and then you get right. impact classes, and that's where it gets exciting, right? And that's where they're at. And that's that's how Bama has been able to do what they've done is they they loaded up in like 08 and 09. And after that, it was just let's go get the best players yeah. we can because we yeah. don't necessarily need numbers. Exactly. And that's kind of where Notre Dame uh, it's where Notre Dame is. That's where they need to continue to get to. And that's, that's the what the focus on is 24. Like, like D-line, right? Like you're in a position now where you lose out on Jason Moore and you don't have to panic and go rush to take a body. Exactly. Or a guy that's a nice player, like somebody said, like maybe they could circle back to the Indianapolis kid that went to LSU. You don't need him. He's a good football player. It's a really nice pickup for LSU. LSU had a really good weekend recruiting defensive linemen. They got three kids that are really good football players. But if you're Notre Dame, you don't need that kid. All right. That's why you didn't offer him. You're good with where you're at. If you don't get Jason Moore, you're fine in regards to numbers. So now it's focus on getting Justin Scott and Elijah rushing and guys like that. Like if, and they've already got two already in the class. That's the other thing. They already have right. two already on board. Right. So you know you have your big end. You know you have a nose tackle, the three technique, three technique type. So now go out and 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 say, you know, get get Elijah rushing, get Justin Scott, right? Get Jay Sean Ross or or, or or Nigel Smith, like those kind of impact players. That's what my focus would be on. But hey, look. Sure. Elijah rushing. Here we go, man. This is why we need you. Justin Scott. Here we go. We didn't get Justin, Jason Moore. You know, we, we need you even more now. And, and I think that's one probably that I'm, I'm, I'm feeling best about right now, as far as feeling like Notre Dame is definitely sitting in pole position is with, when you look at Justin Scott, the big part of it is 
And he's a Chicago, he's a high academic Chicago kid. That's right. That may mean, come on. <laughs> Notre Dame, Notre Dame's you can't win that door. one. You know, exactly. oh boy, you know, we got some problems. That is Notre Dame's right. backyard, and that's a profile that Notre Dame obviously looks for. So, right, yeah, that's right. your, that's that's what you want, right there. No question right. about that. Yeah, Michael Michael Johnson says it well, Vince. He goes, keep stacking gap closes where you want, not need. Exactly, and that's that's where you're trying to get to. They're yep. not there yet because receiver in 2024, there's there's needs there. Yes. Right. Like numbers wise, you, there's needs there. Yep. Uh, safety. There's numbers needs there. You have a great safety class and you don't want to just take a third safety just to take a guy, but you do need to make sure you get at least two next year. Right. You know, and I think, so there are still some positions where there are still those numbers needs. It's just, there's so much fewer now where they were always in position where they had to take a kid that maybe wasn't a great player because they had a numbers need. Well then, that hurts you two years from now right? when, you, when you've caught up numbers-wise, but you need impact players, but you can't focus on impact players because you're still chasing numbers. Right. And and that's that's where you kind of get into a, a, a tough spot. And, and they're they're quickly getting out. They're, they're in year two of that on defense. Right. They're really kind of in year one and a half for offense, putting that together, because you, you didn't have the kind of class overall you should have had last year. And you weren't able to stack like 19 is like hasn't turned out to be so great. 20, you know, you got some really good players, but you're short on numbers again. You don't have anybody on the roster left at receiver. I mean, all this, you know, you only had two offensive linemen. Yeesh. Now you landed some impact players, right? I mean, you got Chris Tyree, impact player. No doubt. You know, you you got some guys in there that you got that what's that kid's name that plays tight end, number 87, Michael Merritt. Pretty good. Oh, what is it again? Right. Oh, you yeah, got yeah. you got him, yeah, right? So he's a pretty him. good player. Yeah. But the numbers weren't there. Right. So then you had to make up for numbers in 2021 by taking guys like Pat Coogan and maybe some guys that you otherwise wouldn't have taken because you had misses in that class and you had numbers problems because you only signed two the year before. Right. They're still playing catch up on offense. With the exception of safety, they've pretty much caught up the last two years on defense. So now looking at 2024, it's all impact players, impact players, impact players. Really, with the exception of, again, I think numbers are still – you can't fall short of numbers next year at safety, but you're still, you're still going to be in a position where you can focus on impact, in my opinion. And that's ultimately where you need to be, right? Because as we said before, Vince, that's what Bama's been doing for years. That's what Ohio State's been doing for years. That's what Georgia's right. been doing since Kirby <laughs> got hired. You know, it's and, and Clemson, too, Clemson's classes are different. They're not the highly ranked top three or four classes more often than not. I had some clown Ohio State fans like, because he listened to a show, he's like, oh, Clemson's built their roster on top five class. And I just went through and calmly showed him how they hadn't signed a top ten cl- top five class until two years ago, which is built up. Their two highest ranked classes just made up their team that just went ten and three. You know, but but they're recruiting really good classes in regards to team building. Sure, the exactly. Recruiting rankings part, team building. We talk about. But yeah, they've exactly. been stacking those classes on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And that's what the best teams do. And that's the reason, ultimately – why I'd say you could argue you I would I would if I had to make a ranking right now of where teams are with their rosters I'd still put Notre Dame fifth even though I do think Clemson is debatable sure right but the sure. reason I'd put Notre Dame an fifth there. behind Clemson and Al, I mean Alabama Georgia Ohio State and Clemson is because I'll stack Isaiah Foskey up against Alabama's best guy right they're different but but the difference is, is they have Dallas Turner number two they have you know these other guys three four and five. Right, I'll stack Cam Hart up against anybody's best corner, but then they're number two, they're number three, they're number four are better, right? And that's 
you know, that's kind of where you kind of get into this conversation of that's where Notre Dame's got to got to continue to rebuild. Some positions they are there, others they're not there yet. And that's why 24 is going to be super, super important Absolutely. for Notre Dame in regard to, to that bigger picture, long-term push for uh, Notre Dame to get, get, to get to that point where they're not only playing for championships, but they're winning championships. Absolutely. And that's and the goal. Consistently, you know, right. continuing that, being right. in the conversation every single year. That's the goal. That's right. Right. Okay. What do you say we get to a little bit of – Let's do it. It's a little daily mailbag here, Brian. Connor Patton with the super chat. Thank you very, very much, Connor. Good to see you back in the chat. Let's say the coaching staff decided to try and flip a 23 quarterback. Who would be a good candidate? I mean, there's a lot of guys on the board right now. I'm going to put something up. I was asked to kind of hold off on, on throwing out a bunch of names just yet. So I'm going to continue to hold off on that, but there's a lot this, the thing is, is I'll say this, Connor, is Austin Novasat is a name we've mentioned because his name's already out there. See, and he, so, he put it out there. I mean, he said. Yeah, he, he said he's talked to another name, right? right? So, I mean, it is what it is. Right. Uh, there are some other guys I know that they're looking into, but again, I still think right now they're focused on finishing things up with Dante Moore and seeing where that, where that kind of, uh, you know, where that kind of goes. But by the end of the summer, we're going to start hearing, if Dante Moore picks someone else in July, then I think we're going to see them start to move on some guys. But there's a lot of guys out there, and that's the nice thing about this being such a deep defensive or quarterback class. It is deep, yeah. Is there are going to be some guys out there that you can flip or that they're going to still be uncommitted. And some of these kids that like schools, they should probably maybe hang on a little bit and kind of see, um, you know, where some of these quarterback dominoes fall. And then Because once some of these schools like Georgia, Notre Dame, get through the end of the summer and they don't have a quarterback, all of a sudden, you know, so like don't rush into committing to Texas A&M or Missouri or somebody like that. Like, hey, if you think you're that good, then, you know, bet on yourself and go into the, yeah. the season uncommitted. And then all of a sudden Notre Dame and, and you know, Georgia and some other schools, Ohio State, you know, although I, I think Ohio State might get a quarterback this summer. I just don't know if it'll be Brock Glenn or if it'll be Austin Novosad or whoever. But let's say they don't, you know, hey, you, you may want to. You may want to hold off, and then those schools kind of come calling for you, if that's your look. Unless you find a place you love, right? Like that's the other thing is if, if you fall in love with Baylor, go to Baylor, right? Right? I mean, you know, if you fall in love with, I don't care, Central Michigan, go to Central Michigan. I'm just saying, like, if you're not sold, don't don't jump on a thing because you have to take a spot, right? Right. And I think there will be enough kids out there because it happens every year. There's enough kids like that to go that, that bet on themselves, yeah. Or they'll be and have a, a great senior and, season right. or whatever. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It's yeah. just odd that it's a quarterback and it's Notre Dame because right. quarterbacks usually the first ones in the class to kind right. of go. So right, it, it, I so I understand the angst right. by Notre Dame fans. Sure, I I get it, man. Just I just be I, a little bit patient, just a, yeah. a little bit longer, and yeah. and it'll start to it'll start to make it'll start to become clear. Absolutely. And I like I said, I just wanted to kind of start it off with that one, Vince, because I know no, that's uh, smart. Yeah, we yeah. we appreciate the super chat. Absolutely, but another just, yeah, it's just. Sometimes you know you get asked to not say something you you honor you that because it. otherwise Absolutely. you won't get anything else from your sources. Wade Garrett with a super chat. Thank you very much, Wade. Hey guys, with regards to gap closing, how many classes like twenty three do we need to close the gap? Assuming coaching and play on the field reflects it. That's a great question. We kind of touched on that a little bit, Brian. But it's yeah. more than it's gotta, one. It's got to be annual. I mean, it's not <laughs> about more. There's not a number, Wade. Right. This is a I right. love this question from Wade. This is a great question. Yeah. 
But my answer is, I don't think that you need to say, okay, you like if I were to say three, I think three is what's needed to get Notre Dame to that level. Then you right? got to sustain so it though. 23, yeah. 24, 25, you know, you do those and all of a sudden you've got a nice four or five year window where you're going to be really good. Cause you know, 21 brought the offense, 22 brought the defense, right? So do you get like three, you know, this 24 and 25, you're going to have a nice four or five year window where you're going to be really good. But is that your goal? It, or is your goal to become a, a cons, you know, to be ba- like, what's the standard? The standard's sure. Bama, yes. right? And what they've been since 09, you know, and, and and that's where you want to get to. Now, is anyone else going to repeat what Bama did? Probably not. But you still you still shoot for it because Absolutely. if you fall short, you still get, you know, three titles instead of six, right? Or, or you know what I mean? So, like, what you don't want to be is LSU 2019. Now, would I trade that for what Notre Dame has been the last five years? Yeah, I'd trade that for the title. But think of all the the crap that's been around that 2019 season, right? Your goal is to be consistently good. And way to do that, it's 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 three, right? right? Or I would say you could also make the case that the three includes 2022. Because even though they fell short on some offensive numbers, they that was a their best class since 2013, Vince. I mean, by far. And there's some elite players in that class. So if, if 22, 23, and if 24 matches 23, Notre Dame's going to be really good. And and But you're getting a situation where you really need to kind of stack it up. So if you want to be good beyond that, right? then what they're doing now needs to become the norm. Yes, that's And exactly then what right. you'll get into is there's some years where you finish like 7th or 8th in recruiting because you only signed 16 guys because you're bringing everybody back. And that's okay, but then the next year you sign 25 and you're back up to number two or three. But it's really about recruiting at this elite level consistently. Exactly. Because that's what Bama's going to do, that's what Georgia's going to do, and that's what Clemson's going to do, right? That's what Ohio State's going to do. They're going to keep doing this every year. And Miami's putting together a heck of a class. They're surging with Mario Cristobal. There's going to be other I, – I, look what Texas is doing with, with Coach Sarkeesian. They, sure. Despite having a losing record last year, they finished with the number five class in the country, and they're probably going to finish with the number five class again. So it's not just about chasing Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson. you got it. You got some cats chasing you, yep. and they're closer to you right now than you are to Bama. And so that's why it's just it's about again it's stacking and when if they if they land a great twenty four class we're going to say the same thing about twenty five and if they land Absolutely. a great twenty five class we're going to say the same thing about twenty six. That's what you do to make sure that you don't have a Lou Holtz run. And I love Coach Holtz, but let's be honest his his window was six seasons, right? And then they faded, and then it was twenty years of you know obscurity. You want to get this hmm. sucker rolling. And, and keep it that way. And that's why you need to stack them on top of each other. Another super chat this time from Chris. Thank you very much, Chris. How much do you put into player rankings versus team rankings? Example, Bama with 10 commits averaging 94.5, but ranked 19th. Seen more talk about this recently. Thanks. It's a, it's a good thing to focus on now when teams or classes are still being built. I don't care as much about it at the end. Because at the end of the day, as you say, well, we got we had more high level ranked guys than you did. Well, you only signed thirteen guys. Yeah, but we had okay, but you don't have enough to field a team. You know what I mean? You signed the best quarterback and great receivers, but you still don't have an offensive line. Like you know, USC, right? Highly ranked class. They've got a five star quarterback, big time receiver. 
They just got beat for another big-time West Coast offensive lineman. Pick Miami. Kid from Hawaii who's at IMG, pick Miami. You know, and, and so it's it, you can talk to me all you want about USC having higher rankings right now, but they can't put a team on the field. Exactly. They're going to have one mean? heck of a seven-on-seven right, squad. Right, right. <laughs> so I think when you look at a team like Bama, Bama will – see, here's the thing. Bama, Bama will maintain that, that average, but they'll keep doing it as they add more to it. That's the key. Whereas, like, you know, you look at Texas Tech, spent a little bit as the number one ranked class in the country on rivals, right? Let me go see where they are right now because I know they've they've definitely faded. They had a, you know, a couple kids decommit. But let's see where Texas Tech is right now. They are now down to number eight. 23 kids, right? So the closer you get to being done, you start to see that stuff balance out. And that's what happened in their name all these years, Vince, is they would – be highly ranked early because they'd fill up so early. Right. But there was, you know, a bunch they were, of they were stacking were, numbers as opposed yeah. to stacking really good. And they kids. had some guys right. at the yeah. top, but they just, the sure. depth wasn't as good. The amazing thing about this class is if you look at rivals, for example, Notre Dame has 19 kids committed. 18 of them are either four or five star players. Yeah. You know, I mean, Texas is ranked number three. They have 13, they have five three star kids. Now, again, that doesn't mean those kids can't play. I'm just making the point if you're someone who looks at recruiting rankings, you know, the, and forget that. Screw recruiting rankings. Just look at the film. The right. quality of Notre Dame's depth is so much better than what it's been in the past. And that's just as important. If you're not going to land as many elite players as those schools, you better make sure that you can match up with them at 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. And that's where Notre Dame's fallen short in a lot of years. I'll say this again. I'll take Notre Dame's five best players in 2020, 2012 and stack them up against Alabama's five best players. I mean, Zach Martin, Tyler Eifert, Manti. Lewis Nicks, Stefan Tuitt. I'll take those five and stack them up against anybody Alabama had. The difference is Alabama Bad. dominated Notre Dame at six through 20. Exactly. Right? And that's everything else. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah, you're right. And that's where Notre Dame has got to continue to, to get better. And you're absolutely team. right. Yeah. 2015 is another example. Will Fuller to me was as good as anybody. Will Fuller, Jalen Smith were as good as anybody Ohio State had that year. Now, Jalen got hurt, but Nick Bosa also got kicked out of that game, or Joey Bosa got kicked out of that game. So just from the specifics of that game, they kind of negated each other, right? Right? It, it, but Will Fuller's as good as anybody Ohio State had. But they had, yeah. like, five dudes that were kind of like right. that. And Notre Dame had one. And I'm not talking about just receiver, because they, they didn't have a great receiver class that year. I mean, Michael Thomas has turned out to be a really good player, but Will Fuller was the best receiver on the field that day. I'm talking about, like, you look at their Eli Apple and – you know, Gary Conley and Von Bell, you know what I mean? Like they could Absolutely, just, yeah. they could just overwhelm you. They could, they could, they could easily take Chris Brown and, and Amir Carlisle out of the game with a, with a dude. And then they could focus numbers on Will Fuller. But if you have Will Fuller on one side and Chase Claypool on the other side, and you know what I mean? And then that's how you, that's how you get it to where sure. you can then go, not just be competitive in those big games, but start to win those big games. Yeah. Another super chat from Ian Johnston. Thank you very much. Could Dabo have similar success elsewhere? Yeah, I think so. Somewhere south. Yes. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, He's I a think southern so. Guy. He's a southern yeah. guy. Yeah, and that's not a shot at him. No, that's I mean, just it's a just fact. I mean, and I like think he'd why, probably agree with you. Right. It's like why Tom O'Brien made a huge mistake going to NC State. Like, dude, you're you're a you're a northeastern guy. Like, Rand, you need to you need to stay there. You know, Randy yeah. Ensel does a great job at UConn, and then he goes to Maryland, and all of a sudden he forgot how to coach football. Well, he didn't forget how to coach football. It's just his style of play fits there. Right. I think ba I think Dabo's style of coaching works really well at some places. Had he – let's just say Saban would have left 
let's say Saban didn't have success and Dabo got hired at Alabama and would he would he have won the way Saban did? No. Would he have won the way he did at Clemson? I think so. Yeah, I think so too. I think so. Uh, so yeah, I think Dabo could have won elsewhere. I do because again, what what why why did he have success? He's a genuine guy that kids love and respect. They want to play for. He's a great recruiter, and he and for most of his tenure, he's been pretty good at putting a staff together. Mm-hmm. Recently, I've had some kind of questions about that. Like he's filled it up with just a bunch of former players, and we'll see if that works or not. But you know, he made some hires after the 2011 uh, debacle against West Virginia that I thought really helped him start to turn the program around. You know, bringing in Chad Morris as offensive coordinator, he kind of got that offense rolling. Him and Ch- Taj Boyd did some really fun things. Beat LSU in 2012. Beat Ohio State in the Orange Bowl in 2013. Then he leaves to take a head coaching job. Tony Elliott and Jeff Scott were a really nice combination. You know, his O line coach was there for a long time. Really quality coach Brent Venables. He takes him from after Oklahoma fired him. That turned into be a great hire. So he's made some really good staff hires and guys that can recruit. And and uh, you know, I think he would have done similar things at other places. I do think Dabo would have had some success at other places, but uh, they would have all been south of the mason dixon line sure. basically agree yeah yep yeah. i agree with you completely it's an interesting question it very interesting question i, I, interesting I like stuff question. like that yeah jordan schreiber has a question he says excited for the recruiting update and he is killing it on the trail fired up about three more silent commits when do you think they go public i'm not sure i'm not sure so um, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Like I said, when kids want to tell us when they're, when they're willing to commit and when they're going to go public, they're going to go public. And so, um, right. As of right now, they have not said when they are going to go public. So we're not going to say some of them haven't decided. Like there's one kid I know of that has a date in mind, but he doesn't want it out there yet. So we're not putting it out there and we're not hinting about when it'll be either, because that's not our story to tell July 3rd. <laughs> July July second was one I know yeah. that people were hoping that they would get a guy for, but it didn't materialize. Yeah, you know. But yeah, I I don't I don't um you know when generally I like I said I do think at least two kids are going to go public in July. I do think at least two are going to go public in July, and I don't feel like I'm betraying anybody's confidences in saying that at this point in time. <laughs> Question for Scotty Nitro. The the world famous Scotty Nitro. All of NB has been killing it lately. They are as hot as ND recruiting. Thanks. Dude. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. Somebody uh I see you are in with with Irish luck. Like Gold made a mistake going to Miami. That's a great point. It's a great example. I really liked Al Golden as a coach. Yeah. I thought because I, you know, my fear was I was afraid he was gonna end up at Penn State. Oh, and I thought he was going to do a great really job at Penn State. He's alma mater. He's a northern guy. Yeah. Like he'd have recruited really well there. I was like, man, I'm glad he didn't wait. Because what was it like? Um, I'm trying to think. When when was Bill O'Brien hired at Penn State? I'm trying to remember. Uh, let me let me look it up real quick. Because I know Coach Paterno was there for like 11 and 12. He got hired in 2012. I don't know if Al Golden would have taken that job, but if he would have maybe stayed at Temple, I pretty confident he would have maybe got the job I'm that not maybe I'm kind of confident he would have got the job over James Franklin if he would have stayed up in the north and still been building temple or something like that Vince you know what I mean like when O'Brien left after 13 I think he'd have got that job but he took the Miami job which is a a great job if you're someone like him and you think about he grew up in the 80s he played college football in the 80s and 90s like my that Miami's a dream job you know what I mean but he wasn't a fit there, right? Exactly. And the program was a dumpster fire, and he what he didn't have the the all the different things needed to kind of turn that thing around. 
uh, the way that Mario Cristobal can, who is from there. You know what I mean? And so, yes, that's a great example, Vince, of someone who was a really good football coach who made the who went to a place where he just wasn't a fit, in my opinion. Super chat here from Christopher Morgan. Thank you so much. Nothing football related. Just wanted to say hello and hope that all IB Nation had a great fourth. I think I gained like three pounds on steaks and ribs plus do CD. Oh, Mountain Dew CD. Code red. <laughs> I don't know about that last choice, but the rest I'm on board with, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's get down to a couple more here, Vince, before we got to wrap up. I know you got to get rolling. I just got a couple more here. Um, here's from Salty Virginia Peanuts. Our buddy, uh, his question with the apparent absences of their aspirational recruits, more, more Freeling, are they on track for 85 scholarships or are they still over the number? As of right now, they're still over. Um, I think that, like, you know, yeah, that's where I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. But, yeah, I think they'll be fine. They'll be down to 85 by the time the season starts. I just don't know if they're going to be in a position to get down enough to be able to take somebody new. Um, that I don't think they're there at that point in time just yet. And and this is kind of uh, leads into that next question from Jim Haller and Vince. He says, where's Notre Dame at scholarship numbers? Is How is interior D-line looking? They're still at 86 publicly. I, I think they'll be down to 85 before the season starts. Interior D-line, I think they're good there. I mean, you've got Jacob Lacey. you got Jason Adamiola. You got Howard Cross coming back as regulars. Uh, Gabriel Rubio is an ascending player. I really like Jason Onye's future. Uh, we we gave, get Aiden County on is out for the year. Obviously, that's an issue. You could play Alexander Ahrensberger. You could play Riley Mills inside. And when we were talking about the interior D line the other day, I completely forgot to mention Chris Smith, the transfer from Harvard. So he's oh, going to be yeah. a part of the roster this year too. Oh, so too. numbers wise, and and you know, player. I mean, do they have anyone that could be a star after Jason Adamiola? No, I don't think so. They got really good football players, yeah. and I think that's where uh, you know they're in a <clears throat> they're in a position where I think they're going to be able to be pretty good up the middle. They're not going to be like dynamic, like oh my gosh, you got Jerry Tiller on one side, and so you know Jason. Right. I mean, but they're going to be they're going to be fine there. They're going to be fine there. Mark E. Stewart with a super chat. Thank you very much, Mark. What about Saban? Had success in the North and the South. Isn't it up to the coach to adjust to the region? Yeah, but that's the unique nature of Nick Saban. <laughs> that's a solid point. You know, because when you look at his coaching career and you look at his background, he's one of the few guys, in my opinion, that's had that's got that kind of thing. And the other thing is, like, you could say Urban Meyer's another one, right? Urban Meyer's a guy that won a title of Florida and won a title of Ohio State because, again, they have different types of personalities. A lot of guys are very unique personalities. It's not every coach, but here's the sure. thing. You know, is it is it up to a coach to adjust? To a degree, but I mean, is Dabo all of a sudden going to have a different accent? And yeah, you can right. make fun of that or whatever, but the reality is, is that, is that why did Brian Kelly try to change the way he sounded down there? We live in the real world here, right? And when people from the north go down south, they get they stand out like a sore thumb. And when yeah. people from the south go up north, they stand out like a sore thumb. And whatever people want to say, they agree or disagree, but a lot of people like hanging around with people that are like them. And, and sure. sometimes it's based on gender. Sometimes it's based sure. on race. More often than not, it's based on these people like the same things I like. They sound like me. We have similar shared experiences and all those type of things. And when someone has a background that's similar to yours, you're going to fit in well. It's also more, more um, even more so to me, Mark, is more uh, practical. When you've spent your entire career in the South, you know all the top schools, you know all that you know all the high school coaches. Whereas if you move up north, all of a sudden you're kind of starting over a little bit. Sure. 
And so that to me is what one of the things that makes it like you're, you got to know your personality and there are some coaches that transcend, but the guys that are doing that are normally like generational coaches. I mean, who are the two examples we can point to urban Meyer and Nick Saban? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like they're, they're just, I mean, his points valid, but it's like, there's a reason Nick Saban's the guy you're pointing to. I could right. give you names of a lot of other coaches to me that are different, but it's because they are very staunchly like Tom O'Brien was very staunchly Northeastern in his personality. Right. And, and to me, Dabo is very staunchly Southern in his personality. Nick Saban's not right. He's not either because also partly because he's moved around so much in his career. And I think that's, that's an aspect of it as well that you have to really kind of look at and think about. And, and you know, Nick Saban had success at Michigan state, but to a, to a degree, he won his national titles. Right. In the South. Yeah. He right. was pretty good. At, yes. Correct. I'm not saying he was. And, and, look, and I will also say, if we're going to talk about Brian Kelly, all of his success came in the north. Sure. Well, he's and, never been anywhere. I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, let's see what he does in the south. Yeah. It, it's a different ball game down there. I'm trying to think of how the map would look, but I think Notre Dame is the most southern school Brian Kelly's ever coached. No, Cincinnati is. Cincinnati, Cincinnati is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cincinnati's yeah. Not the school in Ohio is the most southern yeah. school he's ever coached. Yeah. Exactly. So like Central Michigan, Grand Valley. Right. You know, no, that Cincinnati. Yeah. Cincinnati, but still. But, no, but it, it's 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 just one of those things, Mark, where this isn't true for everybody, but it is true for a lot of coaches. Yeah. Right. And it's not just about northern southern. Sometimes it's like I have this type and, and so, like Howard Schnellenberger to me is one of those unique cases of normally a guy with his personality. You wouldn't think about being successful at Miami. Sure. But he built the U. You oh, know, Jimmy yeah. Johnson built onto it. But Howard Schnellenberger started that thing. And he. he uh, you know, white haired guy smoking. I mean, I love some of the stories about how he left his pipe at, at uh, was it Alonzo Highsmith's house or something like that. I forget whose house he left it at one of those running backs from back then. And he, you know, purposely left it. It was part of the U, which was a great documentary, by the way, if you haven't ever seen it. He did. Huh? Well, to George Costanza, you leave. Yeah. But, back. you know, but, but it's the thing. He had a unique personality that allowed him to have success there. And not all guys have that. Right. And that's the I mean, and some guys have the personality that's built for it, but they're just not good enough. Manny Diaz resume wise had everything you want from a guy to be successful in Miami, except one thing, talent. So, again, you can always find exceptions, but it just if you look at trends, that's just tends to have been how it is. Absolutely. So uh, just last two and, and then we'll get out of here uh, here. We got one from Irish shy town. Here's one uh, yep. for you, Vince. Do you expect the recruiting services to downgrade some 23 recruits so that Notre Dame doesn't finish number one because of their anti Notre Dame bias? Always a good question. Uh, possibly. Possibly. I mean, look, I, I just, to me, I think possibly. I think if they were smart, however, they would want to have Notre Dame ranked higher because it's a bigger story. Yeah. But, you know, I, I wouldn't accuse those people of being that. So let's get to this last one, Vince. I, I want to get to the super chat and then we're going to we're going to get up out of here. Logan Hale, thank you so much for the super chat with three guys on the roster listed as fullbacks. Do you think we see any traditional power eye formations or will they be used as H backs and tight ends? I don't oh. think. I think we'll see some power eye stuff, but it'll be more like short yardage goal line. Agreed. I think more often than not, <clears throat> Logan, because this is a great question. If you look at most all the guys lives as a fullback, they're all walk-ons. Yep, every one of them. But they're good football players. I mean, some right. of them have been guys that have played special teams for Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's more of short yardage goal line type stuff. In base looks, we're still going to see them using an H-back right. and a tight end. Because they're not going to go to the trouble of changing right. guys' positions to fullback. Right. 
if they're not going to use them. I, I don't right. think they would have done that. And right. they made a point to give out new rosters during the spring. Right. They had changed some guys over to fullback. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I do think there is some validity to that. Right. It's not going to be at the 50-yard line in first and 10. Like, I don't see that being the case. But some short yardage stuff, yeah. Yeah, unless they're setting something up, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, But, yeah, so- you're not going to see it become like their primary – <laughs> their primary formation. But yeah, I think it's something that's a wrinkle. And, and honestly, the way Notre Dame plays, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, you know, me too. I mean, it, it's as long as it's just used, I would never use a scholarship on it unless it's a guy that can also play another position. But yeah, right. there's there's some value to it, the way that Notre Dame runs their offense. Or especially yeah. in, I, I still like the idea of getting a lead blocker in short yards and goal lines. I do. Yeah, I do. Absolutely. I do. I love and it. They just haven't necessarily had that. Tommy Tremble was, but it's hard to do that with a six foot five guy. Right. It just is. So anyway, that's it, Vince. Why don't you take us out of here, man? Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on the Notre Dame Recruiting Hour. And I promise everyone that Ryan will be back next time. (laughs) (laughs) It's an hour and a half. (laughs) It is what it is. Um, Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Uh, If you're listening on the podcast, make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends about us. Give us a five-star review. All that fun stuff. Really appreciate everybody joining us today, and we will be back actually tonight. Make sure you tune in. For yeah, the- you guys are going to have a very interesting show tonight. Vince, tease that real quick before we get out of here. Already gone over the outline, and I am fired up for tonight's show at six o'clock. Me and Sean, we're going to talk. Uh, Sean Styers. Yep, Sean. Yeah, I forgot we have multiple Sean's. Sean Styers. Uh, tonight at six o'clock and myself, we're going to talk about the conference realignment. We're going to talk about Notre Dame. We're going to talk about the money. We're going to talk about all that fun stuff plus more. So please join in tonight at six o'clock. It's going to be, I'll be listening. I'm really looking forward to it. There's a ton of good stuff and a lot of money that I didn't really know how it all broke down and we're going to talk about it. So, and, and yes, Irish shy town, we're going to talk about baseball because there is a name that we're going to talk about that hasn't interviewed for the job. So Make sure you guys tune in. We're going to have a lot of fun with this thing. And uh, and we're also going to talk about grilling and barbecuing and all that fun stuff, too. So a little something for everybody. So make sure you guys join in tonight at 6. So until then, we'll talk to you next time on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.